Hello, everybody. I'm Philip Lafreniere, Chief Growth Officer of Slice Labs, and welcome to our podcast, Freshly Sliced. Today's topic is really interesting. We're talking about connected mobility and how data is the future of mobility and customer experience is the focus. And I'm really excited for today's podcast because we have two distinguished guests from two sectors that, as far as I like and see, that are undergoing massive change and innovation. And these innovations are now crossing paths. So we're talking about innovation in cars and the push that's creating um, innovation in insurance for mobility as a result of all the innovation and change happening in vehicles. It's interesting to me because the last few times that I've gone to some of the large auto shows, I was mesmerized. Uh, because it was really more about the tech, you know, the data, the interfaces, and where vehicles were going. And even this week, uh, earlier this week, the CEO of GM held a fantastic keynote at the virtual CES show unveiling GM's new platform, which will revolutionize further uh, the whole electric vehicle space. Even she was talking about, you know, a world of zero crashes, which of course, you know, directly impacts insurance. So all of this Uh, is changing the game, and it's huge. And the opportunity for insurers to protect people in a better fashion is right here uh, staring at us. So my two guests today are Naka, who's a director of strategic planning and partnerships from Denso. He's located in Michigan, and he's originally from Japan. Denso is one of those mega suppliers to the global automotive industry. And Naka is passionate about data. Michael Baudelet is a well-known consultant based in Stuttgart, Germany. So one of the you know heartbeats of uh, the automotive uh, space in in Europe, a city that I uh, I love. Visited great uh, automotive history museums there, and Michael's held some senior leadership roles within companies like Allianz, with Swiss Life, BNP. He's also the CEO of an insurance company, and he ran global international insurance operations for GM outside of the U.S. So I think we're set up for a great conversation, gentlemen. Uh, welcome to the podcast. Welcome. Hello. Yeah. Um, thank you. Yeah. Really nice to be together today, and I look forward to our chat. So let me start. Uh, you know, the mobility space is really exciting now. As I said, you know, we've got uh, automo- um, you know, automated vehicles, electric vehicles, connected cars. Um, you know, I wanted to start maybe with Michael. You know, what what got you into the mobility space in in the first place? Uh, and what really interests you about it today? Like, what's what's the most exciting aspect of the mobility space today as, as we're seeing all this change? I mean, there are a lot of interesting uh, areas, but let's say I was always interested in new mobility and especially the technology behind the new mobility, which might be used in addition to the topic how to protect our environment and the climate. And, uh, you know, I think new mobility, new models of ownership, autonomous driving and electric cars in combination do fit perfectly together. I Let's say I just want to give you one example. Uh, if you live, for example, in a city where traffic jams are normal, pollution is high and parking space rare, why do you not want to own, uh, why do you want to own your own car? Uh, if the car could be ordered easily via your mobile app, will come directly to the place where you need it and would offer you specific entertainment features during your ride, uh, be it for private usage or for business usage. And, you know, at the end of the ride, you just step out of the car and do not care about a parking place. This seems to be uh, very comfortable. And if in addition, the cars will be connected and will be able to communicate between themselves and get information about the traffic situation, emergency cases with higher priorities, such as police, the traffic will be much more fluent and would avoid a 
a lot of CO2 emissions. And this is the reason why I got in touch with, with let's say, companies who are in this area, electric vehicles, autonomous driving. And as I'm interested in, let's say, insurance especially, um, this to me is, is something yeah, which offers a lot of opportunities, which we definitely will talk later about, I think. Yeah, no, definitely. You know, the, the new business models of car ownership, uh, I think, are really upending, you know, the long-term view for insurers of, you know, what does it mean to that very, very large book of business, which is, you know, auto insurance, you know, private passenger auto vehicles that people typically own. Naka, what about yourself with your background, you know, in Japan and on the technology and engineering side? You know, what, what got you into the mobility space? And, and when we look at where it is today, what's the most exciting uh, aspect of, of the mobility space today for you? Yep. Uh, thank you, Philip. And uh, nice to join uh, Nice to join you guys. So um, the innovation makes my day. And uh, like you said, um, the uh, industry is changing, uh, automotive industry is changing. And... Uh, so automotive industry used to be kind of boring, like uh, last decade. Now pandemic is giving us opportunity to uh, look at everything from scratch. And the technology has been there, but the policy making was behind. So this is giving us opportunity to look at uh, life, how to improve and, uh, you know, toward the sustainable, sustainable um, the, uh, environment and the rapid speed. So that's actually a great opportunity for me to really uh, transform like old mentality in the automotive tier one like Denso and finding a new particle to contribute to the society. So that's uh, so exciting from a technology standpoint, a policy making standpoint. Yeah, excellent. And you know, you both brought up the environment, which I like because it's you know one of the biggest existential threats to society. And we know that that cars are big, big contributors uh, to that. And, and it's really interesting that, you know, fascinating that that is a big focus, uh, you know, of where cars are going, um, usage of cars, etc. Uh, you know, 2020 was definitely an interesting year. Now that we flipped the calendar over, I don't think we want to spend too much time talking about 2020. But, you know, you brought up, you know, the pandemic, you brought up you know, kind of some of the, the societal shifts that have happened. Um, in what ways uh, do you think, and I'll, I'll start, Michael, you know, in what ways did 2020, you think, impact the future of mobility? Like, what's the thing that stands out about 2020 um, that is really impacting, you know, where we're going or accelerating where we were already going? What, what's your view on that? I mean, I think the outstanding topic we all talked about was, in fact, COVID-19. And I think this has the let's say, major impact on all of uh, aspects in our society, you know. Um, just think about public transportation and rush hours. You know, people are becoming more and more scared about being there. And uh, let's say in this area, in public transportation systems, for example, questions like distance and disinfection became much more important. And I think a lot of people are now concerned about the usage of public transportation uh, systems and having said this, I think COVID-19 might be a real day, day, a deal breaker for other forms of mobility, such as car sharing, where the distance topic is solved, but maybe not the disinfection, disinfection topic. Um, and then on top of this, I think we all got more used also in private areas to use 
new, um, let's say, communication channels such as video conferences or so, which means the society and each of us became much more open-minded to, let's say, uh, do things in another way, you know, and that could be a deal breaker for new mobility concepts. Yeah, excellent. Uh, yeah, I agree. Naka, from your perspective in on the engineering side, the data side, you know, what what about 2020 has, you know, changed uh, or accelerated or, you know, switched focus a little bit for, for 2021 and beyond? Yep. Uh, it's obvious, uh, you know, pandemic uh, affected our business uh, model. Like uh, we are uh, currently in the car share and uh, the um, support to the live share. And it's interesting though, like a survey uh, says, um, 50% of people uh, believe everything will go back to normal after COVID is gone. And the 10% of people said we'll never go back to what we had. And uh, currently, um, like Michael said, you know, people are afraid of um, uh, getting on a train and mass transportation and uh, lighter share even, you know, um, Lyft and Uber and even car share, right? Um, that's one. And second, even car share, people are more comfortable on the car share, uh, better than lighter share and a long, longer term renting, right? So a little bit of different, you know, phenomenon is happening. And also, the uh, it's interesting though, out of automotive, like a recreational vehicle and the boat industry and uh, the uh, people buying more than ever. So this uh, uh, um, pandemic is really affecting the mobility sector uh, a completely different way, uh, some negative and positive, you know, one way or the other we need to change. Yeah. And, you know, let's let's um, shift gears a, a little bit and talk about data and, and maybe I'll continue, Naka. So, you know, um, automotive data and access to it, you know, is enabling us uh, to do new things, right? And technology is, is enabling access, you know, to new data. Can you tell us a little bit about, you know, some of the big shifts that you've seen, the big opportunity that you've seen in terms of how, how data has grown? I remember... I went to an event uh, a few years back where, you know, they talked about a car was generating 15 gigs of, of data per day. And, you know, I thought that, you know, that's massive. How can you consume that data? How can you, and now, you know, that number has been obliterated, you know, a hundred, maybe a thousand times. Um, tell us a little bit about, you know, how, how is, is the data changing access to that data and, and what new things, what key new things it's enabling us to do in terms of making sure that the roads are safer, that vehicles are safer, and then we'll we'll get into really the the insurance business model that can then start taking advantage of that. I'd love to hear your view on on data. Gotcha, gotcha. And uh, so I I call it data analytics, not only data, because uh, uh, raw data is not useful, but how to analyze data is important. Like. Uh, uh, this science uh, uh, did exist even, uh, you know, uh, going back to the before World War II. Uh, what's changing is the um, technology and the size of data and how to use it, right? And the GAFA started, uh, you know, looking at the consumer data. Now, uh, my domain, automotive, right? Like uh, um, uh, 10 years ago, uh, very limited data going up to the crowd. Now, at least... Uh, 
uh, you know, 25 uh, gigabyte data every hour going up to the cloud. Now, autonomous drive is coming, and uh, people are talking about the terabyte and stuff like that. So uh, how, to, how do we analyze? And um, because every single car is uh, becoming, uh, uh, you know, moving telematics, right? So, so the key point is, you know, how to improve uh, people's life and how, how do we um, uh, uh, really uh, make vehicles safer? Because uh, people don't realize uh, how dangerous, you know, um, vehicle might become to kill people, yourself as a driver or pedestrian, right? So this data should help to um, improve society and save lives. You know, that's the, um, uh, the key message, you know, everybody need to look at and the technology there to, uh, um, uh, uh, you know, attack uh, uh, together to solve the, you know, pain point in, in the industry. Yeah, it's interesting, the, the safe, uh, sorry, Michael, did, did you want to, Add, add yeah, I just yeah, I just wanted to add maybe one or two comments if you allow me to do so. Absolutely. First of all, I I'm really with uh, Naka that the analysis of the data and and you know the, to find the right algorithms will be key. I mean, if mm. we think, for example, from an insurance point of view about telematics insurance, uh, the insurers are collecting huge amounts of data, but they don't know exactly how to let's say solve the problem. What does these data say? You know, because um, is it good or bad if someone is breaking hard? You know, if he's avoiding an accident, yes, it's good. But if he's, let's say, if this is his uh, normal driver style, it's a bad signal, you know. Mm-hmm. And these type of algorithms need to be developed. And, and first of all, obviously, you have to receive these data. And I think most OEMs, if we talk about connected cars, um, do not want to exchange these data with, uh, let's say, external providers, you know, because they feel it's, it's their data, and uh, they want to stay in touch, obviously, with the customers. You know. Yeah, and and, and Naka actually, we're just actually talking about that recently, right? And the data sharing, and and that's actually leads me to my next my next question for you, Michael. You know, you've spent a long time running uh, global insurance programs, right? One one at least one for for an OEM for GM. What are your thoughts on the current approach? As so there's in the news, you know, recently last year, and of course, it's been coming for a while. But, you know, we know about, you know, Tesla's has, you know, launched their own program uh, in Q4, GM launched one. And there's a Daimler partnership that was announced as well, um, you know, a new branded program. So being the shoe, being in the shoes of a car company and this data, and we've talked about analytics, algorithms, et cetera. What's your take on, you know, why or the value of offering insurance programs directly and what makes you know the manuf- the car manufacturer believe that that they can do it better? And, and you know, I'd love to hear your perspective, given how much time you've spent you know in those roles. You know what what is going to be different about it this time around versus let's say when when you were running these programs? Yeah, so let's say I'm I'm related to the automotive insurance and banking industry in, in several roles since I would say twenty years, something like that. You know. And it was really interesting to see how this developed. You know, if I think at my starting time, you know, in, in Daimler at that time, I started the insurance programs and, and developed this for Daimler, uh, Daimler Benz at that time. And uh, it was only a small part of the revenue streams. If you look at it now, financial services overall are, let's say, the most important area for income streams, you know. And if you think about what, what did a, 
uh, car mean at that time? You know, let's say 20, 30 years ago, the car was something uh, which which was very much related to your prestige and so on. You know, if you think about the new customers, the younger generation, an iPhone might be much more interesting than a car, you know. And a lot of, uh, let's say, people in the young generation do not have a car anymore, you know. So that is a challenge in itself uh, for the OEMs. And then uh, what we can see is that the fight regarding the customer is getting harder and harder, you know. And you mentioned some companies, but think about Google, Apple and Amazon as well. They know everything about us as a customer, including our preferences regarding goods consumption, etc. PP, you know. And once they really enter into the mobility area, this will have a huge impact on the OEMs. And this is true for private and commercial usage. Uh, we heard, for example, um, about Apple or Google ambitions regarding autonomous car development. And we've seen that Amazon was not using traditional OEMs for their electric van fleet, but they used a startup, you know, for these fleets. And why is that the case? Because the OEMs are, let's say, still very traditional. They are focused on Uh, high-margin products, SUVs and luxury cars, and they are not able to produce, from my point of view, currently uh, cars which are really needed for this new mobility purposes, you know. So what we also see is that all OEMs, and you mentioned this, including Tesla, have their own branded insurance program where they try to increase customer loyalty by selling additional products to their customers because the income streams for an OEM is no more based on the sale of the car, but on maintenance and on, let's say, additional services. And if you think about electric vehicles, there is no more uh, maintenance needed, you know. So as an OEM, you have unlimited access to the data of the car if you are able to combine the different forces and development teams from the OEM and financial services side, which is a challenge in itself from an organizational structure, of course, you know. But once you are able to do so, the connected car is offering for you as an OEM an ideal technical basis for a lot of features such as added services during your ride, telematics insurance, emergency calls and claims handling options. If you are the first who is in contact with your customer who is desperate for help in a case of accident, for example, you can help him immediately, which increases customer loyalty, but you can also steer him into your own repair network where most of the income is generated for an OM. Yeah, it's really, yeah, it's really interesting, interesting because, because the way that, that we are passionate, passionate about, about certain brands, brands and yeah, loyal, loyal, you mentioned, you know, like with, with Google or with, with, with Apple, if these new vehicles result in that kind of loyalty, and that, you know, and the insurance industry doesn't benefit from that, right? No one, you know, uh, not a lot of people, you know, brag about their, their insurers or who their insurance is with. Um, you know, and that, that's one of the challenges that the industry has. I, I think you, you've touched on something really interesting, which is, you know, the data. So they, they own the data and all of the other services that they can offer as a result of having access to that data. And Naka, you talked about the, the, the analytics. You know, one of the interesting topics, and maybe I'll get Naka go first and, and we'll kind of close on this, is really around, you know, the data. So who actually owns the data And what about the the privacy concerns, right? And data collection uh, regulation around that. So you know, I think how how is like it's it, it's an open question, right? I, I've talked to people, you know, that they all believe that they own the data. So at the end of the day, who who owns the data in uh, that a vehicle is generating 
and, and who is best positioned to be able to leverage that data with an outcome of, as we heard, you know, zero crashes or, you know, safer roads, safer cars, et cetera. Maybe Naka, what's your, your take in, in your conversations, you know, around data ownership? Yeah, this is an interesting topic. And maybe, um, uh, you know, we need uh, longer than 20 minutes to talk about. But right. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, bottom line, my opinion, nobody owns the data. And um, like you, you talk about consent, right? And the data coming from you and everybody want to monetize the data. But the bottom line, um, we didn't need to uh, look at the, uh, how to utilize the data for a greater purpose. And uh, if you have that mission and uh, people uh, tend to accept and, uh, you know, give you consent. And also, uh, the industry need to use data uh, anonymously for greater purpose uh, and uh, uh, get the ball rolling. You really need to uh, get the business model, right? But uh, again, the policy comes first. The technology is there. That's something, you know, industry lacking. And uh, you, you talk about the privacy and stuff, right? And uh, But in reality, um, the Google, right, Amazon, uh, and uh, every every day, you know, people are clicking, including me. And when you click, you are actually giving a consent. <laughs> so, yeah. so why people do that? Uh, that's actually a big debating point, you know. I, I yeah, totally if you, agree. If you've got a I, Facebook account, you've given consent, yeah. right? <laughs> you've given away your right to privacy. Yeah. yeah. And on each update, you you click yes, I agree, and you don't know exactly what you're talking about because you've never read. Uh, the terms and conditions. And I think yeah. that also will be key for all the new models. You know, if digitization is not in line, uh, let's say, with the sales and uh, administration, you won't be successful, you know, because that's the only way you have you are able to overcome all these privacy concerns and data protection. The customer has to agree somehow at a certain point. And my personal feeling is if it doesn't work digitized uh, and, and very easy and comfortable for the customer, You'll never get his consent. Yeah. So, Michael, maybe cl closing thought from your perspective, um, you know, on given everything that we've talked about today, and this is one of those where we could have part two and part three, uh, and, and we must, uh, when you look at the products, right? So, you know, the, all of this data is giving us an opportunity, the insurance industry, to come up with more relevant products, better insurance products. Um, that give people a better sense of protection. You know, if you were to pick two or three things, wh where's the where are the low hanging fruit? What is the best opportunity to develop new types of insurance products or, or products that are adjacent to standard insurance? Uh, that you know, the insurance companies and whether it's a direct insurance company or an insurance company owned by an OEM, you know, where where are the low hanging fruit to to come up with a better product, better protections? Um, that are going to make you know people feel better about you know the cost of insurance today, given given everything that we've talked. Yeah, I think this question is really key for every insurer because, as you said, insurance is something nobody likes, and uh, people are not usually not very loyal. Which means you have to add more value, which means at the end of the day more services, right? And I think if you know your customer, if you collect all this data, if you know more about his behavior, his usual rights and, and times when he's underwriting those rights, I think it's an increase. Uh, your, your ability to add additional services will increase dramatically and you can increase customer loyalty quite a lot. 
Google is showing basically how this works. And let me give you a couple of examples and, and some thoughts. Some of them are not very new, but still not very, um, let's say, much developed. So we, I talked about parking situations at the destination. You know, If you use your data and you know the usual rights of your customer, you can give him already some recommendation. You can add concierge services, but you can also, um, let's say, adds um, additional interesting information about the routes. You know, is it dangerous to, to ride on those routes uh, because there's ice or whatever, just to avoid accidents? And this is also very much in the interest of the insurer to avoid accidents, you know, because this is where they have to pay. And why not offering specific insurance coverages regarding, for example, his skiing activities in the private area once he's crossing the border and he's away from his usual Uh, let's say trips and, and the algorithm shows you, okay, that's something unnormal. Maybe we can enter into a discussion with your customer. Or if you, if you look from a business customer perspective, if someone is away from his usual trips and ways he's currently using, uh, you might uh, be faced with a theft of the car, you know, and why not just get in touch with the customer and, and ask him, is it you who's driving the car or is something wrong? And once he's answering, you know, I'm not driving it, I don't know what's going on, you can already start uh, the process um, to, let's say, reprocess the car, you know, and to, to decrease your loss ratios. These are just some examples. And I'm, I'm pretty sure if we would take some more time and go into specific customer situations and use cases, we would find a lot of uh, other opportunities which just have to develop. And most important, which have to be offered in a very easy and attractive way to the customer, which means it has to be digitized from A to Z. Yeah, thank you. I think, uh, I think we'll, we'll wrap it up here. That was great insight. Uh, Naka, anything that you want to add in, in closing? Any closing thoughts? Yeah, like, uh, uh, you know, Michael Herut is a use case is very important, you know, moving forward. Like, um, um, Uh, you know, something we never experienced in the past, a new use case and the consumer behavior change and uh, user experience. Uh, and we need to make a transparency. People don't know. We need to make them understand. And it's, technology is here for you. So that's a, a new industry a norm we need to create. Yeah, thank you. Gentlemen, thank you very much for today. I mean, take, take key takeaways, right? I think we're at a really interesting crossroads we're seeing some shifts uh happening you know in both industries uh and you know new players emerge as well um and that is always causing you know ca causing innovation to to grow and, and and people to respond even you know some of the, the the announcements that 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 we've talked about earlier uh so this is uh this is really interesting i want to thank you both for your time today and your, your expertise your insights Uh, it was really exciting to bring uh, to bring us together to talk about you know data to talk about new products, new types of usage, um, and I really want to thank you for uh, for joining us today. And hopefully we can have uh, a follow on session on on this topic because I think we're still really just at at the beginning of of, of this. So again, thank you both and uh, for joining us on Freshly Sliced. You're welcome. Thank you. Yeah, great. Thank you for having us.